Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Trouble Men podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in the ring room with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome back, Manny. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's been hey. a while, it's been a while, it's yeah. been a couple of weeks, I, haven't so I was seen out there you. on the road. Yeah. Yeah, was it was good, road. it was yeah. good times for me. Yeah, you liked, yeah. You liked having a little break, yeah, break I did from have, me? Yeah, I had a lot, little break from you, it was uh-huh. good. Yeah. Um, did you miss me? Um, or I should say, how much did you miss me? Well, I miss you like I miss Jockage. Okay, you know? well. <laughs> Which I had, you know, from 8th grade to 12th grade, you know. <laughs> you know they have medication for that. I was never told that. Okay, you know, well. Coach you know. Porter. Yeah, he said just, just grin. Who was a Harley Davidson biker. Okay. He never uh, never quizzed us on that stuff. <laughs> never, never coached you up yeah, on that, that yeah. aspect? He said scratching was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the 80s came along and then, you know, rap music and scratching. This DJs would scratch. Uh, right, and everybody's you know, grabbing yeah, their crotch yeah, anyway. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was like, you know, Michael, anyway. Michael Jackson got on that tip. Yeah, you know? yeah, he, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a good Coach guy. Porter. <laughs> I think he's dead now. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, Michael died, Jackson right? is too, as it turns out. Yeah, he's dead too. It's <laughs> a yeah. whole through line we got yeah. going here. I'm alive though. That's man. right. Alive I'm and alive kicking. and I'm here. Yes. And yeah, you were gone for a while. Yeah, which, yeah I was uh, out I there would, barnstorming. Across, yeah, barnstorming <laughs> across the Midwest. The US. Yes, uh, made it all the way to our nation's capital, D.C. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Did so, you burn the flag? No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm a patriot. Oh, uh, you're you a know, patriot? Uh, uh, in, in spite of what our president was just saying about Jews that vote Democratic, uh, <laughs> I, would, I would tend to disagree with him. Uh, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's never too late to, uh, to get into some uh, anti Semitic tropes, though, you know? You know, <laughs> this guy. I didn't even want to give him the satisfaction of being called president. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, it's a he, mess. It's a mess. He, it's a mess. And um, I find him, though, as... Uh, he's very entertaining. Well... As someone who looks for humor constantly. He was for a while, but it's at, at certain... And that, I think that's, that appealed to America, you know? Like, when, yeah. they, when they first had those, those, uh, those Republican uh, debates, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, this is, this is like reality TV. Yeah, this is well, funny. Yeah. Well, you know, look where that gets you. Yeah, so, that's just where <laughs> just, that gets you. Laughing all the way to the gallows. You know? <laughs> anyway, anyway, you know, I want to buy Greenland, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just to, just to like, lounge in. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need their resources or anything. Right. I just Right. A lounge in Greenland yeah. on a summer day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he wants to buy it for, and now he's mad that they won't sell it. Uh, I was, I had my eye on Iceland. I think that's a that's Iceland a, was Iceland. always for me. Remember that game Risk? Yes, I loved playing Risk in in, in in when I was a young kid. Okay, and Iceland was always the key. Oh, oh okay. because Iceland was the bridge to Northern America and Europe. If you controlled Iceland, yes. you could control both continents. Okay. Well, there you go. And out there to the nation, think about it. If you're risk players, yep. or if you're just risky people. Yeah, yeah. Well, know? they have a lot of hot tubs there, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of natural <laughs> hot springs. Yeah, and Bjork's from there, and I've yes. always dug her. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. You know? I spent like eight hours in Iceland. Really? Yeah, I had a layover from Europe to New York. Huh. In right Iceland. In, in Reykjavik? Yeah. In, Reykjavik? Yes. Is that Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Okay. And the stewardess. Stewardesses, man. On the, the Icelandic air? Yeah. The, nice. the, 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 nice. I, the Icelanders, I'm not sure what, the, how, what they refer to them, but the, the residents of Iceland, the, the natives of Iceland, they have an interesting look, interesting uh, 
Um, yeah, they have no dental plans there. <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> I have no idea. This was in the eighties, you know, right, right, right. and I was on a lot of coffee and coke. I yeah, can't yeah, 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 yeah. But I had a, a eight hours there, and it was like, what to do in Iceland, Reykjavik, for eight hours? And they told me just stay at the airport. Yeah, don't don't don't, <laughs> don't, uh, don't, don't venture wander. out into the because yeah, yeah, I could the, be you know uh, you know an iceberg hitting the Titanic. Could be and food I, for somebody. So I could they, be they, food. they eat a lot of uh, interesting things there. You Do know? they? Yeah, yeah. I think they they have some dishes where they have like a shark that they allow to uh, to Do, ferment. And, oh really? Uh, yes, I, I think it's, it's it sounds quite disgusting, but uh, apparently they love it. I've had shark before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at McDonald's, they had the McShark. <laughs> okay, well, it must have been an L.A. thing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it was back in L.A. in the early 90s, and because uh, uh, no one dug the McRib, but the McShark was kind of a cool thing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I digress. Right, right, right. Uh, so what's been well, going on? Um, well, you know, we're out there uh, on the uh, playing a bunch of dates, and I do have a few things I want to I want to bring up, but, you know, I think our guests might be able to weigh in on, on some of these points. Because, yes, let's uh, introduce our Yes, guests. I want to get the guest right up top here. Because. So, yes. Yeah, he's, 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 he's fascinates me. So um, he's a uh, he's a first for the Trouble Men podcast. He's a uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and instructor, as well as a, a mixed martial arts fighter and instructor and coach. He actually competes uh, in uh, in uh, in mixed martial arts. He has a, a wrestling background as a child. Um, he he uh, teaches at uh, Nola MMA over on North Broad Street. Uh, he made his professional debut in this year as a as a uh, as a fighter. Okay. So without further ado, Mr. Ray Lopez. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for being here, Ray. Well, yeah, thank you. I, I'm very very curious about what you who you are and what you're about. Oh man, you know, uh, and how Renee met you. Oh, how did you get on this show? Uh, <laughs> Renee met me because uh, he, he fought you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you want it to be the cool story or the real story? Which one well, do you guys we, we want? We prefer the cool one. The cool yeah. one. Okay, so, so turns out, uh, yeah, yeah, we we were we were opposed. We were opponents, but you know, often when you go through a bout, you know, as, as much as you 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 are trying to kill each other there in, in the ring in the yeah. cage, as yeah. we say, um, you know, once you've gone through that with somebody. It's a very intimate experience, and like only the two of you have gone through that unique experience, and, and there's a certain bonding uh, 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 element to it. So, uh, so we became best friends, and uh, really, and you yeah. kicked his ass. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, he took a couple rounds off me, and I was uh, a lot more competitive than I thought. <laughs> I fought a little thought. dirtier than I expected, yeah. Yeah. but uh, well, I'm scrappy, right? Yeah, you know? that's it. That's it. actually uh, uh, <laughs> Renee knows my wife, uh, Kimberly, through performing and uh, singing and everything. They're oh, actually okay. going out on a tour. Uh, it, it, well, who's your wife? Tell Kimberly the audience. K. Kimberly K. Yeah, so, Kimberly so, K. of Loose Cattle, of uh, Rainbow Carnage, of uh, Hot as Hell Tour Company. Of so she's a local singer. Yeah, she's okay. a local singer, musician, health coach, uh, writer. She writes for Jiu-Jitsu Times, and you know for uh, things around town. And uh, she's a excellent, very excellent. talented young lady. Yeah, she's a wonderful singer. She's in a, She and Michael Servers, our former Trouble Men podcast guest, have the band Loose Cattle. They're, they're partners in the band. They sing together. And so that's how I came to know. She's been on the show? No, no, no. Oh, Michael, Michael has. Michael yeah, yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying that's how I first met Kim. Oh, okay. and, and then I was introduced to Ray. And then recently I've started playing with, with their band and uh, ran into Ray at one of oh. our recent performances. And, oh, and, okay. and I was, uh, it was a great performance. And I, I thought, this is my golden opportunity here. I have to, have to uh, 
catch a ray, and, and he was he was very uh, very happy to come on. I was I was thrilled because we've oh, never cool. had anybody well, like that. Well, welcome, Ray. And so you're not from here, though. I'm not. Uh, I'm originally from Jersey, and uh, then after I graduated uh, college, I moved to New York, and I was there for about eight years, I guess. Right, and then for someone uh, who came does, down here. Okay, for someone who yeah. does what you do, the MMA, yes. and that sounds for mixed, mixed mar- martial arts. And then your uh, jiu-jitsu. Yes, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Is, is that like an Israeli thing? Uh, no, it's a, uh, it started as a Japanese martial art, and okay. then a uh, Japanese gentleman came over to Brazil okay. and met the Gracie family. And so martial arts is like judo, which is the art of like flipping, it's right? It's very similar to judo. Is, okay, yeah, is very it's more ground-based where judo is more standing-based. Judo is more based okay. in throws and jiu-jitsu is more based in what judo calls the nawaza, which is the For ground For something technique. like this, though, I think you've been probably doing this since like you were five years old or something, right? Or did I you just s- get into it when you met your wife? No, I started wrestling when I was... I started karate when I was about nine. I started Kempo yeah. under Art Bonds. I did that till I was about 12. And then I started wrestling in New Jersey in... Right before high school, about 7th, 8th grade, Mm -hmm. I was about 13, and then I wrestled all the way up through high school, and I was supposed to wrestle in college, and just burnt out and walked away from it, and didn't do anything for 10 years, and, you know, drank a lot, and smoked a lot, and did a lot of drugs, and went to school for art, and got fat, and... Lived in New York and That's, just that sounds like hard, every other guest hard. that we've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. I, but yet, all the other guests couldn't rip my throat out in one punch. Right? <laughs> no, I lived the uh, work hard, play hard in New York till I was about 29. And then, you know, okay. I was just kind of bored and out of shape. And Kim was worried about my health because I was almost 200 pounds, which is oh, okay. a lot heavier than I am right now. Well, you're, 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 how tall are you? Five six five yeah, so five. Same yeah, height, same height as me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not tall at all. And, yeah, you know now I'm about you know a buck fifty, but I was about fifty pounds heavier, and you know I was drinking heavily every day. You know, smoking way too much pot every day. Like you many. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's you know li- yeah. I was living that lifestyle, but right. there was no balance. So you know, uh-huh. I started training, and uh, you know, Kim's suggestion, and it was one of the best things I've done because See, the balance I have to my drinking and smoking is sleep. It, there you go. <laughs> I wasn't doing that either, so uh, I think yeah, that was my problem. Not. So now you're a professional. Yes. MMA. Yes. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, I've never, I, to be honest with you, I've never seen any, any MMA fighting or anything. You've never seen a UFC fight ever? I've never. Oh, never man. have seen it. Never have seen it. Which like is a contrast shit. to me because I've been balls deep in, in the UFC since we used to have to get the tapes from uh, from Blockbuster. I think this guy would like that shit. Oh, oh yeah, I think yeah, so too. I think he yeah, would. Well, yeah. I, you know, I, I, uh, I basically, I used to love boxing. You know, boxing. I grew up with boxing. You, know, you would love it then. I grew yeah. up with boxing but, too. But then after I, after the Tyson Douglas fight, where I scammed a bunch of my friends over hundreds of dollars, I gave up watching all of it. That fight made me cry. Well, I was about nine years old. That fight made me cry because yeah. I love Mike Tyson so much, and yeah. he got knocked out by Buster well, Douglas. Well, see, that fight was in Japan. Yes, it was. And I was going to watch it. I was going to watch it with a bunch of people in L.A. And as I'm driving up parking, I. And I'm probably the only people, person who, out of that whole clique, 20 of us, listen to news talk radio. They all listen to punk rock stations or whatever. And I, and I was pulling up with a friend of mine, and the news comes on. Breaking news, Tyson KO'd by Douglas. 
And of course, it was on HBO, but it was tape delayed. So I went up to this. I went upstairs to the, for the fight night party. I said, ah, I think this Douglas guy's got a shot. And they're all going, "Fuck you, Manny! No way! No way! Tyson! Tyson!" I go, "Well, let's make some bets." So I started betting everyone in the room because I already knew the outcome. You were living in the future. You had a Martin McFly moment. Yeah. Right. You had a Biff Tannen moment. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Okay. And, uh, and um, I took all their money and I walked away and I laughed and I, I walked away from boxing altogether after that. Okay. And why you walked away while you were up? Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. Well, you always quit while you were ahead. Yeah, always, you know? always. It's all those buddies really of mine. Yeah, you know I ripped you off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so how do you get your start in this? So, uh, so yeah, I was 29. I was super out of shape, and uh, I found this great gym in New York. It was a Krav Maga gym, and it was like I was like, all right, great, you know, I was you know all into the Bourne movies. I was like, let me learn a little bit of this shit, get myself in shape. And uh, after I was training that for a while, I lost myself about 30 pounds pretty quick in a couple Excellent. months, and I was feeling good again. And they had a Brazilian jiu-jitsu program uh, ran by Plinio Cruz, who owns Plinio Cruz uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA in New Jersey uh, as my first coach. And uh, he was the one who introduced me to it. And I uh, just kind of really like fell in love with it. And uh, I was training that for a couple years. And they got me back into competing again, which I thought I was kind of done with. And the owner of the Krav Maga gym, Matan Gavish, was like, I think you should fight. And I was like, I'm 31 years old. Like, I definitely can't fight MMA. Like, there's no way. And I was right. like, because I'm going to be fighting guys that are, you know, 23, 24 years old. You know, they're going to be animals. And he was like, I think you should do it. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like, I, you only live once. Like, I might as well. I have regrets. It regrets if I like in this shape and I don't do it. Right. And uh, I took the fight and I won my first fight. And I was like, shit, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, so, you, uh, you dug it. Yeah, I tell you, it was like you got super high. I got high off that, like nothing else. You know, you're yeah. in there, one so other person. So now you're a professional fighter. Yes. Okay, and uh, you're making money with this now, are you? Are you? Yeah, no, you, okay. you make a little bit of money on my first fight, and you know, I was able to pay my rent, and it was uh, it was a good thing. Okay, but then you you but 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 through all this training, you wind up working as a as a as a tro- uh, a teacher and a coach. Yeah, as a teacher and a coach, because like I just fell in love with it, and. Uh, I just, you know, people told me I had this gift for teaching and that I should keep doing it. And, you know, I just kept, you know, kept going with it. So it becomes a lifestyle. It became a lifestyle. And uh, I found myself, you know, taking two hour lunch breaks at work so I could like sneak away to the gym because it was right down the street from my day job. And so so like boxing is MMA. They have the weight classes and stuff like that. So are you considered like a light welterweight? No, I'm a flyweight. You're a flyweight. I fight 125. I fight the uh, oh lightest Oh, God, so class. you lost a lot of weight. Yeah, okay. yeah, I fight 125. Oh. So, like, I walk around at about 150, and then I drop to 125 for the fight. It's a big weight cut. It, it's pretty, most MMA fighters cut about sure. 15 to 30 pounds, usually. That's the average. So, as a fighter, you're specialized in jiu-jitsu. Specialized in okay. jiu-jitsu, wrestling. So, if you compete as someone who knows nothing about jiu-jitsu... And knows more about uh, judo, let's say. So what's the comparison there? I mean, what's his advantage and what's yours advantage? Judo guy is going to have more of an advantage in the stand-up aspect. Like Mm -hmm. when you're like standing up and locked up, like especially against the fence, when you're kind of pummeling and clinched up, he's going to have a lot more attacks. Uh, 
throws and everything like that. It's going to be a lot harder for him, though, because his martial art is based in the gi. Yeah. So he's going to have to change up to kind of like a more of a Greco-Roman wrestling style because, you know, you have no gi. You're trying to grab somebody. As the match goes on, you get a little bit slipperier because you're sweating and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, so with the jiu-jitsu biting guys. allowed, though? <laughs> no, no biting. No, <laughs> no biting, biting. No biting. No scratching. No eye gouges. Uh, no eye gouges. Okay. No hair pulling. Okay. No small joint manipulation. In the balls. Yeah, yeah. No and do you wear joint. gloves? Yes, four-ounce gloves. Four-ounce gloves. Four ounce gloves. Because we have a ring upstairs, and I'm going to take I've you. I've seen man. that. I've seen that <laughs> ring. Take you. Yeah, I've well, seen that ring. I can some... kick, man. Well, I'm ready for that. Yeah, and I have steel toes, man. I'm done. <laughs> steel shins, baby. I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I digress. I'm kidding. Well, so, uh, but, but so you have a wrestling background, and, and that included uh, some Greco Roman work. That included yourself. Greco Roman freestyle. Uh, I wrestled year round, and in Jersey, you know, wrestling is. It's basically a, a religion. Yeah. So, you know, I never saw for Howell High School um, under John Gagliano. They have, like, one of the best programs in the country now. Oh, so okay. we were kind of, like, in that central area of Jersey. It was, like, a nice little hotbed for wrestling. So nice. we had some really, really good competition around there. But really, in, in mixed martial arts, if you don't have a well-rounded game, if you, if you aren't good at all these things, you may have one base that you're great at. But if you don't have, if you're not at least good at jiu-jitsu, good at Muay Thai, you know, good at boxing, you know, if you don't have all those disciplines, you're going to get your clock cleaned, right? The, the day of the specialist, I think, has kind of gone. There's a few, very, very few guys still who can operate, like, with just one martial art. You know, you got a guy like... Steven Thompson, who's great at karate, um, you know, not awesome grappler, but right. he makes it work. You know, you got Damian Maya, who's an incredible jiu-jitsu practitioner right. who doesn't uh, use a lot of striking, and he's so good at jiu-jitsu, he can still get away with that. But, you know, those guys are kind of on the tail end and, and on the way out where, like, now people are like, I guess what I kind of like to call like a 3D fighter. Like, you have mm. to be versed in some kind of stand-up striking, whether it's karate, whether it's Muay Thai, whether it's boxing. My personal opinion is Muay Thai is the best. Yep. You have to have some kind of grappling experience, um, whether it's sambo, jiu-jitsu, uh, a good ground game in, in judo, nawaza, and you have to have some kind of like stand-up grappling game, whether it's like judo or wrestling or mm. even sambo, something like that. But right. you have to be able to stand up and punch and kick and you have to be able to control the fight on the ground but you also have to be able to get the fight from standing up while punching and kicking to the ground right. effectively which is a lot of guys who are just versed in the ground game have a problem getting people to the ground when they're standing up because it's hard to close that distance properly right. so you got to have you know a lot of skill in all three if you really want to be successful so nowadays. is this mma which stands for Mixed Martial Arts. Yes. Is it fight to the death? <laughs> no. It, so when it first came out, they were fighting. When the UFC first came out, there was no time limit. Uh, the only rules, I believe, were no biting, no out-gouging. Everything else was good. You could hit each other in the nuts. You could hair pull. You could headbutt, okay. all that good stuff. And the only way to win was to knock the person out or have them submit. And the okay. match was not over until then. Okay. Um, now the referee steps in and can stop it. Knockout or submission wins it. And there's three rounds and it's judged on the 10-point so muscle I remember boxing system. being three-minute, 12 rounds. What, what is MMA? How many minutes? Amateur is three minutes, three-minute rounds. Uh -huh. Professional is three-minute, five-minute rounds. Okay. And if it's a title fight, it's five uh, five minute rounds. Now, the, big, the only thing I know about MMA is this uh, uh, Conor McGregor. Now, he was a big, big shit for a while, right? Yes, yes. Now, I, I, and then all of a sudden, like, uh, 
Are you worried about head injuries? You know, concussions in the NFL, they're trying to do all this, and boxing and all that kind of stuff. Concussions. Now, I see this kind of guy, Conor McGregor. He was, he was number one honcho. And what was his weight class? Uh, Conor was a 145-pounder, and then he moved up to 155. But right. he's fought as high as 170 when now, he was fighting Nate Diaz. See, I've never seen a, a fight, but I, I see him on the news, and I think he's taken one too many to the head. <laughs> Cause it's like, that, and we're also we're we're not right in the head, you know. To begin with, to begin with, to begin with, you have to have well, no, a little something. Wrong I saw with some you. news. I saw some news footage where he's punching a bus. Yes, you know he's punching a bus in New, New he York. He also is in the news for punching an old man. Old man, yeah, right, I saw yeah, that. Yeah. I saw that yesterday. Yeah. An old man. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Who yeah, didn't yeah. want to? Who didn't want to drink his whiskey? He didn't want to yeah, drink yeah. his whiskey, so he punched <laughs> him. You know, this you can't do you know, that. Yeah, yeah. I get angry too sometimes, <laughs> but I'm not that angry when I'm going to punch a bus. You yeah, know, he's a little high strung. <laughs> a little high strung, yeah. Connor. You know, so so is is uh, uh, is he okay? Uh, have you ever met him? I think I have not met. Okay. I have not met him. Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's the fact that like He's you kind of have to have it. You kind of <laughs> have to have a screw loose to be an MMA fighter. Number one, to begin one. with, yeah. Uh, the money can go to your head. You got a hundred million dollars like, for yeah. fighting Floyd Mayweather. So, like any yeah. athlete, you know, once you get to a certain point, you've never been told no. Right. You know, it's you, you get away with everything, and right. you kind of, you know, I think lose sight of reality and. Uh, I think he's kind of like a, a mix of all that. And, yes, he fights for a living. He's taking, you know, some shots to the head. And, you know, it's, right. they're cumulative. They're finding out it's not just the big knockout shots. It's everything, you know. Right. It's, well, it's training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 even training. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you seem okay. I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah. I, I don't get hit very much. Um, I try to fight as smart as I can. I don't like to get engaged in, like, sloppy, you know, brawls or anything like so that. So are you now uh, a professional fighter and you, you go on tour now and you mm -hmm. fight or you just you promote the promoter? You, the promoter yeah. will call me and say, you know, we have a fight here. They like to have us like fight in New Orleans if we're local okay. because, you know, it sells tickets and everything and they right. want to build us up the right way and everything like that. But they do fights in Baton Rouge. They do fights in Lafayette. Um, they do fights all over, um, but our promotion's great. It's a Bayou Fighting Championship. And women do this too, right? Yeah, yeah. My girl, really? I'm telling you, man. You come to my gym, don't fuck with my girls, man, because they're nasty. They'll, they'll break girl, your arm. Yeah, my girls are no fucking joke, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, see, the thing you don't know is that women dig me. Well, women dig me. If you've yeah. been listening oh. to the podcast, you would know it's a firmly established fact that... that Chicks dig Manny Chevrolet. Nice. Yeah. I mean, with a name like that, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save some pussy for the rest yeah. of us, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. I will. Because <laughs> you're not in my weight class. So, <laughs> um, so um, well, you moved to... Okay, go ahead. Um, right now. I was going to say, uh, well, I was, I was looking at... Are you a Southpaw? Both. Really? Okay. Yeah, you have to be ambidextrous. Okay. I'm a firm, firm believer. Um, I learned that uh, from wrestling because yeah. if you shut down one guy's whole side, you take away 50% of his weapons. 
Um, so a lot of times people will come out in Southpaw and it freaks people out and they're like, uh, I don't know how to deal with this. So right. if you have to switch your stance, you have to switch your stance. Um, you have to have the right strategies for dealing with somebody who's a Southpaw or Orthodox when you're trying to fight the opposite way. But I've always had a firm belief, like you, you have to be ambidextrous. It's like, like a point guard in basketball. If you, you got to go left. Yeah. If you got to go left. The defender knows that your left hand's weak. Yep. He's going to, he's going to exploit yeah, you. It's exactly. like, they see all these kids with all yeah. the highlight reels in high school and, yeah. and college and everything. Yeah. And it's like the first thing they ask is, can he go left? Yeah, exactly. So it's the same thing in fighting to me. If, if, uh, a southpaw comes out and all of a sudden you see a guy's not willing to change his stance or if a guy gets leg kicked a bunch and he switches his stance and all of a sudden he's very robotic and awkward, mm -hmm. you know you can pretty much open up on him at that point because his reaction time is probably shitty on that side. He's not comfortable. His confidence is shot at that point. Right. So you have to be able to fight both ways. Okay. Yeah. Because I saw, there, I, I, I haven't seen you fight, but I saw a, a, a still photograph and you're throwing a, a, a right jab. Yeah. The right jab is powerful, man. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they say in boxing, uh, the it, well, if you're an Orthodox, I say the right hand will take you around the block, but the left hand will take you around the world. Yeah. Okay. So your power shot will get you far, but if you can throw a good jab and you can set it up, then you're in good shape. But if you have, you know, a good southpaw jab, then most people are Orthodox. It's it's hitting the target much faster. So, right. yeah. So let me. How many fights have you had professionally? Uh, I had my first professional fight this year. So okay. just uh, healing up some injuries and everything and getting some guys ready for their own fights and everything. And hopefully I'll be back okay. in there soon. And okay. I had four amateur fights. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you, there's, there's a, a, a Bayou Fighting Championship bout coming up this weekend. Yes. That's in, in Baton Rouge. In Baton Rouge. Yeah. Do you have any fighters on that card? I do not have any fighters on okay. that card. We're hopefully going to have card? some fighters on the card in November. Oh, okay. Uh, they're going to be doing a New Orleans card in November. They do one every November. Man, I'd like to go to that. You, you should come to that. When, you know, I'll, I'll look it up. They I'll usually the do is. it in the first week of November because okay. they want to get it nice and in front of Thanksgiving and right. everything like that because nobody's fighting in November or December because nobody's cutting weight over the holidays. Okay, like, that it's makes a, sense. It's a horrible thing to ask people to do. Right. Um, so usually November is the last fight of the year and then they kick back up in January but they usually put together a nice big car but I'm trying to have about Probably about four or five people on that card. Nice, man. Yeah, That'd be a great yeah. Way to go to. It's going to be really good. We got some people making their debuts. I got a lot of talented fighters at the gym, so I'm very, very excited. And what gym do you work out of? Uh, Nola MMA. Okay. All yeah, right. we're affiliated with uh, Nola Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, the flagships of town, run by Matias Meister. Yes. And, uh, Shout yeah. out to Matias. Shout out to Matias, man. He's a he's a great guy. Matias is uh, really cool. When I moved down here, you know, he took me under the wing right away, and. Uh, we went out to lunch and I was honest with him about, you know, my aspirations to open a gym. But, you know, mm -hmm. I said I didn't want to be Brazilian jiu-jitsu focused because, you know, I want to I didn't want to cannibalize and I want right. everything to be on the up and up. And then we decided to just kind of like join banners and, nice, you know, man. have it kind of be the sister school of NOLA BJJ. Okay. And this is a brutal sport. Yeah, it is a brutal sport. Just like, you know, ice hockey is brutal and Professional football in America is brutal. I mean, the average career of a football player is three years. And if they don't do five years, they don't get a pension. Yep. And, and now uh, with all the, uh, in, in the NFL, with all the uh, safety guards that are doing, would you, and, and more and more people are not letting their kids play football, would you let your own kid do MMA? Uh, my policy is I don't take any students 
under uh, 16 years old. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Because I don't want anybody that young getting hit. And even my 16 and 17-year-old students, I'm very careful about who they train with, who they partner with, how hard they're getting hit, because I really want to protect them because the brain is still forming. Yeah, yeah. Um, kids but- start boxing at a really young age and everything like that. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do to protect people, d- different ways that you can run practices so that way, you know, people aren't beating the shit out of each other and having yeah. gym wars. Um, but if, uh, if my kid wanted to fight, it would, it would have to be done the right way. You know, they're definitely wrestling. They're definitely getting into jujitsu. Yes, uh, you can do all this without striking. You can do all this without striking. My ki- if I had a kid, they wouldn't be striking until they were about 13 or 14 years old. And even but, then they wouldn't be sparring until they were probably about 16 or 17, mm-hmm. unless it was like really controlled. But don't you agree like boxing and I don't know about MMA, but boxing over the years is for a way to get out of poverty. Yes. Okay, so is MMA the same way? I mean, because, because remember that scene from Django Unchained? Yeah, which one? Where, where there's two black guys, slaves, were just killing each other while the white yep. plantationers are watching them kill each other. And it was a sport. Yeah. So now, you know, fast forward 100 years... And you see people like Tyson and all these boxers from the 80s. And, and boxing was a way out. Got a guy uh, named Francis Ngannou in the UFC. And uh, uh-huh. he was from Cameroon. And uh-huh. he started fighting, I think, like three years ago, maybe. And uh-huh. he was working in the salt mines okay. in Cameroon. And they discovered that he could box a little bit. And then they told him he should fight MMA. And he's all of a sudden in the UFC and probably a millionaire at this point so it's a um, way to get out just like boxing was for many be. people it's much harder to make money because i never MMA. i never saw all the years i watched boxing i never saw or, or heard of anyone who was you know middle class or upper middle class or rich who went into boxing because they had to go into there's boxing. a couple if, if you go into it i you know i have a belief that if you have money like that and you have a love for the sport, you can excel in it. But there's something that... This sounds so bad. There's something that like fucked up people have that mm-hmm. lends itself to fighting. There's like an anger a desperation, there. Desperation, yes. A desperation. There's a need to like release the trauma of mm-hmm. like whatever it was, whether... The person was physically abused, sexually abused, whether they grew up poor, whether they were bullied when they were a kid, mm-hmm. whether, you know, they were, uh, you know, fighting to make money for their family, whatever because it basically was. basically what it comes down to, it's a gladiator thing. It is. It's you a have gladiator to, Like we thing. said, you have to be fucked up to like this and right. to want to do this. And I grew up, I grew up in a, you know, a, a middle class family in New Jersey. You know, I didn't go without, but... I grew up in a place in, in New Jersey where it was like we we got in trouble and you know we fucked around and we got into fights and it was a very densely populated state so you had to fight for everything that you had you know and yep. you know when you're growing up you know how kids are man and it's like everybody's you know testosterone is you know raging and right. you know everybody's on top of each other and uh, you know geographically and it's you know it lended itself to that kind of environment where you know 
we had 2,000 kids in my high school, you know? And yeah. I, when I told people that when I went to college, people were like, 2,000 kids? That's crazy. I was like, I had 750 kids in my graduating class. Yeah, so no, like, I, I, no, we I had that to, in my school. And yeah, I was right, like, right, right, you know, right. No, so. I went to the same kind of high school. There was 455 people in my graduating class. Yeah. And you Except know, it was Hollywood. So, you know, most of the people were, were their parents were, were film producers. So yeah, it wasn't, but wasn't we, the same we, kind of desperation. We, yeah, we, had, we were like a melting pot of like really poor kids middle class kids and the rich kids so everybody yeah. was always at odds well, that was my high school because we had yeah, gangs okay. at my high school okay. black and Hispanic gangs and then there was a other the, what Nate's talking about the 20% of the west side kids who actually were in that na- lived in that neighborhood you know and stuff like that where everyone else was bust yeah into that neighborhood you know Anyway, it's time for our break, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, we always take a break, Ray, and uh, get another yeah. round. So, cool. uh, Nation, uh, go get yourself another round, and we'll be right back. Yeah. And we're back, back in the ring room, back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet, back with Mr. Ray Lopez. Um, so, you know, we've talked a lot about the, uh, the, the physical part of the game. I'd like to talk a little bit about the mental part of the game. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. Big and, part of it. And Yes, and, and so, like, the, the... Well, it's not a game, it's a sport. Right? Okay. Well, what you know? Yeah, it's a game. It's the fight a sport. Game. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's all the things. Right. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. So you know, I just came off of this this tour of, uh, with my band, and you'll ru- I'll run into people at sometimes they know I'm coming to town. They'll contact me ahead of time. Can we hang right. out? Can we can we hang out before the gig? And I was like, mm, you know, I got a lot of stuff to do before the gig. I'm going to be rolling in. You know, right right. You know, we're driving all day, getting to the, the club. I, I got to, you know, do sound check, set up. Then, you know, I, everybody has different things. I, I do the, the merchandise in my band, you know, so I got to set all that up. It's like maybe like, you know, drinks ahead of the, of the, of the thing. You know, it's like I got to have my head on straight. And, you know, I really don't have excess energy to expend beforehand because I don't know what's going to be involved. I'm sure, like, if someone were to call you up and say, hey, Ray, I'm going to come see the, uh, the, 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 the bout tonight. Can we hang out for a couple of hours before, before your bout? <laughs> I'm, I am emotionally and physically unavailable to anybody for six to seven weeks before my fight. Okay. Like, that is, like, my boundary is set. Like, my training camp has begun. My nutrition is on point. There's no more partying. Uh, Kim manages what goes in my body and uh, does all my nutrition to make sure that like I'm you know balanced and everything but like that. But if someone were to say, "Can we hang out before the fight?" You could say, "Yeah, I need a practice punching bag." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it, I probably wouldn't even pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, no, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a very strict regiment, and uh, you know Kim will be on top of me and and making sure I'm eating the right things. By the way, check out her. Uh, Patreon, chronically, tri- uh, chronically chill. Um, she gives a lot of health advice, good, uh, you know, food advice and everything like that. So definitely give that a, a look. And we want to have Kim on the show because yeah, she has a yeah, whole story and, and a whole thing of her own. That's that's incredible. Yeah, you it's guys should definitely talk yeah, to her yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, waking up at the same time every day, and you know, meditation and self care and taking care of my body and making sure. Do you, you know, do the Rocky though and drink raw eggs? I do not drink raw eggs. Okay. I do not drink raw eggs. I drink uh, coffee with uh, 
a good source of fat in it, like olive oil or butter, and right, I put so like women a little collagen the, up in that bad boy. Women are in MMA too, right? Yes. And who's the big shot woman? What's her name? I forget her name. Are you, are you uh, thinking of Ronda Rousey? No, I'm thinking she's of, not the big uh, shot anymore. No, no, no. no, no. no. Um, uh, now, anyway, so do you think there are some women who could kick your ass? I'm sure there's a woman out there who can kick my ass. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't answer, be surprised right? at all. Like that's a good answer. Shit, you got girls Vanna like... Vanna White. That's you, who I was you thinking. You have girls Vanna out there White. like... Vanna White. You, yeah. Vanna White, man. Yeah. I had a huge crush on Vanna White when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I would no, but like there's girls her. out there like Cyborg and I Gabby would, Garcia. These girls are, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. walking around at a buck seventy-five, yeah, yeah. 190. Ripped. Yeah, yeah. Ripped. Ripped up. You'd be a fool to think, oh, I'm just going to go in there and fight that girl and fuck her up. Like... Nah, man. There's girls out there that are no fucking joke. Yeah. No yeah. fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. I, no okay. joke. These so these girls are are legit black belts in jujitsu. Legit Muay Thai practitioners. Yeah. Like it's, these girls will cut a dude up nowadays, man. I would think oh, yeah. so. Yeah, I would think so. It's no joke. And they've mm-hmm. just been starting, you know, allowed to train that way. You know, in the last probably 15, 20 years. You right, know, right. girls weren't really allowed in MMA gyms. It was like, oh, uh, you, you know. Women don't do that. Like, but they've had women uh, in kickboxing or in Muay Thai, right? Yes, they've, they've had uh, not for not even for that long. Oh, even okay. that's something that's only really you know, it, it's probably in the last like fifteen to twenty years. You know, okay. there's there's uh, up until a, a few years ago, women had to wear a special black belt in judo to denote a women's black belt from a men's black belt, oh, and wow. they just okay. got rid of that. You know, oh, so you know, God. martial arts has been you know pretty you know oppressive as far as you know that sort of thing you know and i think it probably does come down to like an, an ego thing with a lot of guys so you know you do the jujitsu and stuff and martial arts are you like uh do you but do you do it all the way like cane and kung fu where you meditate and yeah you know, meditate you do, you do i do yoga stuff? yeah meditate okay. yoga breathing exercises okay. make sure i'm eating the right way yeah absolutely yeah. that's a huge part of it huge okay. part of it that's a huge part of the mental game is you know your diet is not just, you know, what you put in your body. It's what you consume. Are you so sitting you around watching that. TV, eating bullshit, reading bullshit, you know, right. or are you, you know, hanging out outside and so, getting sun and meditating and treating your body and mind the right way? You do all that, but then come the, you know, fast forward to the night of the fight. We're, we're, you have to get violent, you know. So, I mean, don't you? You have to get violent, I mean, you have to get some anger or anything, nah, or you just I try just, to. I walk around and I try and get rid of everything. Oh, but once you're in the ring, your your whole. I don't know. I'm kind of just kind of flowing when I'm in there. Like whatever happens, yeah. happens. Like the thing that's weird is it kind of feels like a dream where you throw a punch and you don't really feel it connect. Uh-huh. Um, it's the same way in the cage that I find. Like I know I'm connecting, but like. It doesn't feel hard the same way when I'm, like, hitting the bag. And, like, when I do get hit, it's, like, it kind of feels like like a flick. So when like, you hit someone and you know you inflicted pain, is that a good feeling? Yeah. Yeah? yeah I like okay. to fucking fight, man. Right. Like, yeah, it feels right. good. It feels good to, but like... But, like, there's... there's there, I've read, you know, there's people who die in the ring. So yeah. Because my mom and dad were in Vegas... When Ray Manzini Jr. killed that Korean fighter in the ring. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Okay. You were probably four years old. Yeah. Then uh, who was the uh, who was the other fighter? Uh, The gay fighter who killed the guy in the ring too. 
Oh. Uh, the guy was talking all kinds of wild shit about him being gay oh, and everything, yeah. and he wound up beating him to death. The guy did oh, the geez. confetti and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real yeah. famous fighter. Rip Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wound up beating a guy to death, and then two guys died in the last month. Yes, yes. Two guys yeah. died in the last month from well, head trauma. Because a lot of people suffer, like when you're, you're talking about gym wars, like a lot of guys spar way too hard. They go in, they may have some trauma from, like, well, they say nobody goes in totally healthy to a fight because just training is it's so, so is brutal. So brutal. It's so brutal. So you could go in and 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 be like like slightly concussed. If you go, to begin if with. You go in at eighty five percent, you are doing fantastic. Yeah, you are doing fantastic. Like you had a good training camp. Your coaches took care of you. Your sparring partners took care of you. You were smart about what you were doing. Like, but. You're gonna have something. You're gonna have something, right? And if that something happens to be that that you got got uh, concussed or something, and and then you take the wrong kind of shot, it, it, that's it, it. It could be your 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 opponent is not trying to kill you. He's just trying to win. And but you know the body can only can only take so much. We all know what we signed up for, right? Yeah, right. Like you don't get in there unless you really know what you signed up for. So like, yeah, you could die in there. Something fucked up could happen. You can get paralyzed. You could. Get your face rearranged. You can get an injury that changes your life, but you know, it, that's that's that whole sickness thing. Like, well, and people of- are like, "You still do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I told you, I'm fucked up." Like, well, that's, that's part of the, the the razor's edge element of it. That, that yeah, makes it so exciting and makes it so compelling. That's for- why you get high off of it right. when you when you win, and even when you lose, like you know, from from what I've heard. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like, no, even guys who lose, you're man, one to know, they, right? Yeah. If one knows yeah. an amateur, one to know is a professional. Okay. okay. Um, but even, you know, people who have like a war in the UFC, you see those guys get up and they hug each other and they're <laughs> smiling with blood streaming down their face. Right. And like, you could tell both those guys like left it all in there and they're both high off that experience. Right. Like, so it's, it's a special thing, you know, but and not everybody can do it, you know. It's no. uh, it's. How much longer do you think you could do it? I'm fighting till I'm 40 and I'm done. Okay. okay. Even if I can still fight after 40, I don't want to put my body through it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to risk the head trauma. I'll still compete in jujitsu and everything in my age bracket. Right. Um, and I'll focus more on coaching and uh, and you know bringing my guys along because. That's why I'm fighting. I'm fighting to legitimize myself as a coach mm-hmm. and to, you know, make sure that my fighters have somebody that's been in there before that knows about the weight cut, that knows about dealing with promoters, that knows what things can go wrong on fight night, that knows, you know, all like the the crazy shit that comes with agreeing to take a fight and going through fight camp and having your opponent pull out two weeks before and getting somebody else and, uh-huh. you know... You don't want to go in there with somebody who's just seen it, you know? Right, I feel right. like you want to go in there with somebody who's... So- been through it before so so Ray let me ask you so you know I watched boxing a lot for years until like the mid 90s and I don't know what MMA is about but I saw boxing and boxing for the most part a lot of it's fixed is that the case in MMA Nah, these guys train too hard, and it's uh, it's still so got it's a not real. That, it's not until that people start yet? getting until people start getting paid like boxers, it won't be fixed. Okay, I think when the I, I think you know you know your your Don Kings and and people like that, and you know once the promotions got started getting split up and right. all the different belts and titles yeah, and well, everything have, like, like that, what, three different organizations. Yeah, and, 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 you got you know all these different belts. So much and, of it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's it's gonna come to that point sooner or later, yeah. possibly. Because all sports, in many ways, are fixed. 
I, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree with that. Fix. I mean, look at your your Saints last year in the championship game. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that was fixed. You see it in the NBA all the time. Certain guys get calls that other guys don't. You know, and they try to push. They try to push certain teams, and they want to push certain fighters, and they want to push certain fights together because those are the ones that are going to make money. Right. Um, But but it hasn't got there yet on the local level. I don't think you'll see that as much because people are still fighting for the love of it yes. instead of the money of it. So as long as people are fighting for the love of it, like which most people in the UFC are, these guys are making some of these guys are making thirty thousand dollars a fight, right? Which and, is nothing. Which is nothing. When you, you know, go through a camp, that it co- that's it costs you more than that to go through a it camp. Co- it costs you ten thousand dollars to go through a camp, pay off your coaches, pay your nutritionist if you're using one. You get your plane ticket and one of your coaches' plane tickets. You got to pay for everybody else's plane ticket if you're flying family out there. If you're right. flying more coaching staff, right? You got to pay for your own food. You got to pay for your medical afterwards, unless you're a high end fighter or something really fucked up happens that you know the press is like, are they going to take care of that? You know, right. and uh, and if you're fighting, luckily twice a year, maybe three times a year, you're talking about you're making thirty thousand bucks fighting. So people All these are doing guys it for got the love day jobs. Yeah, these yeah, motherfuckers yeah. got these motherfuckers are in the UFC and they have day jobs. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like it's they're it's still going train every yeah, day. Yeah, they still going train every day and they work and you know they're waking up at five a.m. so they can go to the gym for a six o'clock class, be done by eight, get to work by nine, work till five, and they're in the gym from seven till eleven. Yeah, and they're doing that every day. <laughs> so the love really is just hitting somebody. Well, it's uh, I think process. it's about challenging yourself. Like I think it's about like going in there and pushing yourself to the limit in your training camp and sharpening your skills, and then getting to go in there and test your skills against somebody else's skills and your heart against somebody else's heart and like see what works and what doesn't. Now, if you were to kill someone in the ring, would you quit? I don't know. I think I'd have to go through it first, but I'd probably not. Okay, cool. You know, probably not. It's it's part of it. You know, it's, I, I think that if you let something like that happen and change your outlook that much, that like, that's not a healthy way to deal with it. Like, I think that's like kind of a reactionary kind of thing. Like if something like that happened, I think you'd have to really like, I think a break. Yeah. Like, all right, maybe I won't fight for a while because I just killed somebody. But right. Like, Cause that's yeah. not your goal. You're not trying nah, to kill a guy. You're, you're trying, trying to, to kill win. a guy. Right, you're right, trying right. to win a fight. And you know, it's a, it's, shit happens, man. Yeah. yeah. It's because not, Ray went Mancini was never the same after he killed that guy mm-hmm. in the ring. No, it, uh, it'll, it'll change you. It'll yeah. change you. Is that Bobby Chacon? Is that the guy? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Sorry, that's a uh, that's a song. <laughs> no, Bobby Chacon was a fighter. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. All right. Listen, our guest has to go because he's got to go beat the hell out of a landlord. God, yeah. my landlord is awesome, Domingo. I love you. Don't let no, this guy no, fucking no, gas no, no. Somebody else is somebody, somebody else. Somebody else's yeah. landlord. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, thank you. Thank you guys right. so much. God, thank right. you for Appreciate not hitting guys. me. No, like, yeah. Listen, listen, what we should do is we should. Bring this setup somewhere where we have a couple people. We can watch the fights, and we should introduce Manny to his first MMA fight. Yes, I think that would be and great. And have him watch it. How about and November at the Bayou? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Bayou well, fighting coaching. Okay, I'll all right. Coaching, okay, so, so you're gonna have your hands full yeah, that night, yeah, right? Right? Yeah, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere we can sit down, have a have you know a round or two. And, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Let the, get this guy an intro to it. And let him see. I think he'd like it. I think he's he'd love it. Yeah, man. I think he'd like it. I don't guys, know. thank you so much. Okay. I really oh, appreciate it. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. God bless you. We'll do it again. 
again. All right. right yeah, just uh, take your headphones off and big crowd, uh, big applause. All right, let's hear it for Ray Lopez. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah and, well, uh, Best of luck, uh, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll yeah, see you down the road. Put these back in the bar because I'll eat all of them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right. Thank you, all right. All right. That was kicks, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, a, a sweet guy, guy man. Yeah. yeah. Great guy, man. Yeah. I, I'm never going to a fight. Oh, come on. Come, no, on. come on. Come never on. Never going to do that. Oh, no. Oh, oh man. Uh, I, so I have a couple of interesting uh, uh, things that happened on, on my trip. Uh-huh. Unless you have something you want to no, get No, no. Go, go ahead. Okay. So we usually stay in pretty nice hotels. You know, Joe Cabral uh, is, is very good at uh, negotiating hotels and finding good ones. There was one uh, little stretch of this Midwestern trip where uh-huh. we're, we're coming out of Chicago and we have to go to um, like Columbus, Ohio or something. Uh-huh. And it's, it's right along uh, Lake Michigan and it's in the middle of nowhere. And you think you'd be able to get a cheap hotel in the middle of nowhere. Well, except it's summertime, it's along Lake Michigan. So even in the middle of nowhere, people go summer along Lake Michigan. Right, yeah. So even in the middle of nowhere, they're still expensive. Yeah. So he goes... Okay, guys, he starts, like, uh, warming us up right off the bat. He's like, yeah, you know, we got some good hotels. There's going to be one that you're not going to love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, really? Okay. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I really did my best. And he explains how he went through all this. So food. he's your road manager? No, no. He's, he's uh, he, you know, we have a d- division of labor in the iguanas. You okay. Know? And, and, like, I handle all the merch. And, you know, Joe is very good at negotiating with people. He, so he has just naturally taken over dealing with uh, some of these logistical elements uh-huh. and, and negotiating with, with these uh, hoteliers. And... He says, uh, he says, yeah, we, we have this place. He goes, uh, I'm not sure what it's going to be like, but it's not going to be great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we get right. to this place. It's, I can't even think of what it's called, but it's some, some weird town, Burnman or something like that. Okay. Bergman, I don't know. But, but uh, anyway, so we, and we have a night off there. It's in between two, two gigs. Okay. We drive halfway to Columbus, Ohio. And... Uh, so we drive five hours and we get to this place and I'm going, wow, okay, well, this is, uh, this is pretty rustic, man. <laughs> very, very rustic. Uh-huh. So rustic, in fact, that we uh, check into our hotel. Now, hotel is the wrong word. It's a motel. It's really a blowtel. But okay. So uh, then we're going to go have a steak dinner. Oh, think, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, and it actually turns out to be a, a really nice restaurant, steak dinner, you know, because it is one of these kind of resort areas but it's the diciest motel in this resort area. So dicey, in fact, that I think, mm, my computer is safer in the van than it is in the room. In the yeah. room. <laughs> okay. So, so the next day, I, I explained to Joe, I said, you know, it's actually, it was, uh, it, 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 my room was fine. He goes, he goes well, uh, I slept with a chair under the door. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's really old school, man. I can't, can't remember the... I said, there's people at our old... I said, that's making the podcast, that story where... Because there are people that are hearing this that can't even conceive of what we're talking about with a right, chair under the door. Yeah. So you people that have never, never been in these kind of seedy motels, you, you, you take a chair and you wedge the... Under the, the doorknob. Yeah, under the doorknob yeah. to where you'd have to yeah. break the chair apart to get in. Well, that reminds me of the time I was in Berkeley... And I just, I had a good friend of mine uh, who was a, a bit, he was a professional person, mm-hmm. fresh, professional actor. He made a lot of money, but he was also a deadhead. 
And one day he said, the dead are up in Berkeley for three days. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, there's no way I'm going to see the fucking Grateful Dead. No, no, I don't want to go see. I have no interest in this. Right. This is like 1988 or something like that. But apparently what happened was I got off work and he said, I'm leaving. I said, okay, I'll come with you. I just didn't pack a bag or anything and I went up to Berkeley in this pickup truck with uh-huh. him and his deadhead friends and they're like lawyers and doctors and he's an actor and stuff like that but they decided to rent this like really horrible motel <laughs> in Berkeley and all of that there was a two, you know two like double beds and they were all just crashed because they were because they wanted to, you know they were all professionals during the week and they mm. wanted to be unprofessional and rough it yeah rough it and I had a, you know, they were going to the dead shows. I didn't have tickets. I had no interest in going. I just went along. Yeah, just to get out of yeah, the house. Yeah, get out of town and stuff like that. And I, I hooked up with a friend of mine in Berkeley who I'd known for years. And I went and had dinner and partied with him and stuff like that. And then I went back to this motel room. <laughs> <laughs> back to this motel room. And the dead show's over. Uh-huh. And they're all there in the room smoking pot you know uh, some of them are coming off of acid some right. of them are coming on acid right and you know there's like you know f- six guys with two beds and we all of a sudden we all crash we all just I thought you were going to say start blowing each other no 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 no. <laughs> okay. we all decide to crash some of them pass out on the floor there's some on the bed uh-huh. and this is these guys decided to get a you know like a motel it wasn't right, a right. hotel and this is way before laptops or, you know. Sure, sure, All of sure. a sudden, like, it's like five in the morning, and there's some guy who's breaking into the motel room <laughs> through the window. Oh, <laughs> he's just breaking into there. And he's just like, he's not, I don't know what he's there for. It's like, you're not going to get nothing for that. Out of his mind, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. just breaking in, and all of the, yeah. we all get up at the same time. Turn on the lights, and he's caught, and you know, with his leg half. Oh, he's he's actually halfway in the room. Yeah, he's halfway oh, in the fuck. room, and uh, just like our guests, a couple of my friends in the room just start to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets out, and you know, he he runs for his life, right. and we put the screen back on the window, and then one of us says. Maybe we should close that window. You know? Yeah, <laughs> close that window. Sure, sure, sure. We lock the window. And we get a good night's sleep and all that. You know, but now, have you ever been in a, a motel room with a bunch of people like that where you split the bed? When I say split the bed, where you pull the mattress off and, and then yeah. somebody sleeps on the box spring and somebody sleeps on the mattress on the floor because I've done that before. Yeah, I've done. I did that with. Check it out, Nation. If if you've never yeah, been no. in these kind of desperate uh, these desperate situations, it can be done. No, yeah, I think I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it wasn't. Um, I think it was maybe at a ski trip or maybe on uh, touring. You know, yeah, yeah, touring. Yeah. yeah, I've done that before. Yeah. And, but if it's a move, it's a move. You know, if you're young enough, right? It's it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're like my age now, I would never do that. Couldn't do that. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no well, you I know, do that. I'm actually I'm I'm going on this trip with uh, with um, Ray's wife and Michael Cerveris and uh, Doug Garrison is from the Iguanas is going out as my rhythm section partner and Michael was asking about our what what kind of accommodations we're used to having, uh-huh. and I knew what he meant. 
Uh-huh. He, he meant, uh, you know, uh, so I, I, I replied. I said, we haven't shared a room in over 20 years. And right. Michael's very funny. He, he replies, well, I won't tell the children. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's very quick. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, first day of school started. Yes. Here in New Orleans. Yes. They start early. The rest of the country, they don't start till September. For some reason, right. New Orleans you know, or the South, it they does start. now. We used to not start until after Labor Day, but now they start right after the beginning of August. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. the stupidest yeah, yeah. thing ever, if you ask me. Because it's, it's the hottest part of the summer. Yeah. Why? Why? Why, why start school? But apparently, why? they start school like in early August. So, you know, my kid is starting high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow! And uh, milestone. And. Uh, I notice on the social media that everyone's posting pictures. You know, I, I don't know what it is about, but everyone's posting pictures of their kid all dressed up, first day of school, uh-huh. of high school, first day of school, of junior high, first day of school, of kindergarten. And they're all like pumped up and stuff like this. And they're ready for their first day of school. And so I decided, because this was so true, that... I, I, put, I put a picture of my daughter on the first day of school, and she was still sleeping in bed. <laughs> Just a fuck. she's a Chevrolet. Yeah, because she's a Chevrolet, yeah. So everyone else, I mean, her friends, you know, her friends were all like posting pictures. Raring with her, to go. Yeah, raring to go and all that. So I took a picture of Selena still sleeping. <laughs> and uh, it, it, you know, I got some stuff. Uh, uh, it got a little traction. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. a little traction. <laughs> Speaking of traction, uh-huh. you know, um, you know how I I say things sometimes. For this has to do with the first day of school and stuff sure. like that. Uh-huh. You know, I've said things over the past where you know um, it's got me in trouble. Where. Um, um, People don't get your humor. Yeah, don't get my humor. Right, right, right. But like, you know, I, I, are you going to the bat mitzvah, Manny? I said, well, there are going to be Jews there. Right, right, to right. Think right, about right. it and right, stuff right, like right, that. Right. Sure, sure. You know, uh, that kind of stuff. So apparently at the end of last school year. <laughs> okay, go on. Yeah, um, I was at, on the school's campus and I saw some kids who were friends of my daughter who are on the track team. Uh-huh. They're like middle school. Uh-huh. They're, they're training to go to high school track and field and uh-huh. stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I started talking to them. <laughs> and they said, I said, oh, you're on the track team. And I said to them, well, what's, why do you want to run? What, what, what do you get out of running? What's the whole point of running? <laughs> and and, and I, because I, I just don't get it. And you know? you're just going to wind up in the same spot you started. Yeah, you start. It's, it's a round track. Yeah, right, yeah right, you're right, running. Right. You know, what's the whole point of running? Yes. And I said that, you know, as Manny Chevrolet, I said right. that so to you're them. You're being flip. It's, yeah, it's a bit of yeah. a, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what you happened was. You made an impression. <laughs> well, what happened was, now it's the new school year, mm-hmm. and I found out that these kids quit the track team. Okay, well, congratulations, man. You know, I, now, I, I, I can see that coming. I can see where, you know, they, they, they looked at the, the wisdom, yeah. the, the experience, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the expertise or, you know, just experience that, that you have. And they went, they looked at you and they thought, this fucking guy's right, man. Well, what are we doing here? Well, now, I don't know if the parents feel that way. I haven't heard from them. But they quit. Yeah. 
you know, they quit. And uh, so I, I would have appreciated that as a, as a young track and field star. Because, look, get out of track and field, get into uh, some kind of uh, like uh, maybe like a film program or something or start dating. Or MMA. MMA. Or start, <laughs> start chasing some tail, you know, start, uh, start dating. Well, some, some, yeah. Some well, competitive dating. Fucking is the best thing ever. Well, that's man. what I'm saying. So, yeah. so you know, let's, uh, yeah. let's, let's, let's uh, put our, our testosterone and our energy into something productive. I mean, literally productive. All right. How many minutes do we have left? Because I only have a, I only have a couple minutes left. Okay. Me? Yeah, well, uh, let me let me just uh, have have one little housekeeping note. So uh, <laughs> housekeeping, okay. Yeah. Housekeeping. Uh, 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 you know, I'm coming off of a road trip, so I hear that every morning. You know, bang on the door at eight forty-five in the morning. Housekeeping. It's like, but you can see the no do not disturb sign, right? And it's like, uh, right. I don't I don't speak English. No. Um, so uh, we talked about a guy. That was in the Sluts. That was a, a former bandmate of of David Turgeon, aka D Slut. Yeah. On the D Slut episode, yeah. we we refer to him. Who's now an MMA boxer? Well, he's slut. not. He's not. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, he's, he he's, should he's, be. He's, he's, he may be close to death. He'd I don't be know. called the Cord. He, yes, he, he would <laughs> because he's, he's he's built like a like a Mike Cord. Um, yeah. So it turns out I must have sent this guy a, uh, a Facebook friend request when I was first on Facebook about 18 months ago when we started this, this whole endeavor. I didn't even, it was so long ago I don't even remember it. Um, but a couple of days after the David Turgeon episode comes out, lo and behold, this guy accepts my friend request. I'm like, oh, oh fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Here we fuck. go. Here we go. Now, I'm pretty sure that he has not listened to the episode because I think I would have gotten more of a, a reaction from him. Um, uh, it's the guy that, uh, without saying his name again, um, David says, yes, he's living in uh, Mexico because heroin is oh, cheap okay. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, that, so, so he friend requested uh, you? No, no, he responded to my friend request, which uh, must be like, I must it, have sent out like a week ago, after yeah. I, you know, 18 months ago. So, uh, so yes, uh, I thought, oh, here we go. Well, he's a good guy to know, I guess, don't you think? Uh, he's like, it turns out he's not in Mexico. He's south of Mexico. <laughs> he's ah. he's uh, in like maybe Honduras or something. Well, um, dope's good there. Isn't well, it? sure. Uh, you know, I guess he's getting closer to the source, as my son pointed well, out. Oh, yeah, that's good. But but I, well, I just thought it was send me interesting. His, send me his contact. Uh, uh, okay, info. okay, all right, all right. Because, might, might be able to. Uh, yeah. Might be able to get something going. I like going that. Again. Yeah, he yeah, seems okay. like a good guy. Uh, he's he's a he's a funny guy. He's not a stupid guy. <laughs> he's an entertaining guy. He's a, you know, as long as you don't let him stay at your house, you know. But, no, uh, I'm not letting stay in my house. Yeah, yeah. Nobody stays in my house. No, either. nobody stays yeah. in my house. All right, so are we done? Because I have to get going. Uh, okay. Man. Well, I, well, I see. Uh, I see. Not only do I see the security guard in here arguing with somebody, but I, I see uh, the uh, midnight cowboy in here, uh, kind of luxuriating. So yeah, maybe it'd be a good time to it's get time while to the getting go, is good. Because I'm a very busy guy this yes, week. Yes. 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 All right, okay, so Troubled Manny, Nation. Yes. What, what do you want to say? I was going to say thank you for uh, making time in your very busy schedule. Yeah. I'm not even being facetious. I know you're, you're slammed. I'm very slammed yes, right yes. now. And, so uh, pace yourself, Manny. Yeah. This won't last forever. No, it's only about three weeks and then okay. it all dies. Right. Listen, Nation, um, uh, 
the struggle continues. No, we say. Uh, no, uh, what do we say? Trouble never ends. Yeah, and the str- but, the, but struggle. the struggle continues. All right. All right. Yeah. Good night. Good night.